Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to CORE Church's Christmas Eve service. I love a fire, especially on a cold night like this. But a fire is not only seen outdoors. A fire is something that is within inside of us, actually within our hearts. I want to encourage you to stir that fire, even let it grow when the winds come against it. The winds can easily blow and put out this candle. If I light the candle, it glows for a little bit, but the winds come and they blow it out. It can't stand against the wind. The fire only, not only is stirred by the wind, it can survive the wind, it endures the wind, it thrives and is invigorated by the wind. The wind is anything that we see as volatile or hostile in our life. Those adversities seemingly work against us, but in reality, they have the opposite effect. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Tonight, we celebrate the fire that began with the birth of Jesus Christ. A fire that spread across the entire world with the good news of his salvation. But a fire that the world tries to blow out to smoldering ruins. Sometimes it's hard to see the light. Tonight, the moon is barely out, but it's still there. It's still shining, even in the dark. And so is the light and the fire of Christ in your life. Even in dark times, even in these times, he is always there. Don't let the light, God's fire, in you get blown out. Instead, face the winds, the adversities that come against you, and grow stronger in your faith and in your love with God. Tonight, I want you to hold the candle that you were given as you came in. And together, we're going to light it in this symbolic act of the fire that God has placed with inside of us. I want to invite you all now to stand. Everyone stand in the auditorium and let's worship and give praise for His wonderful light.
as we give praise to our God who joined us here. Born unto us this day, a Savior. Yeah. 
Christmas to be so busy doing all the things that we need to do. We have to wrap the presents, right? And the ones that we run out of time for, those are from Santa, right? How many know what I'm talking about? But you get busy doing this and busy doing that. And then you got to entertain the family, which we all love. <laughs> and all the things, it's busy. And sometimes it's just hard to focus on why we're doing all of this. And it's because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. He was given to us by the hand of the Father. That we could see God and know how much He loves us. We know the song or the John 3, 16 that says that for God so loved the whole world that He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ. How amazing is that? God's love meant that Jesus would come so that we could see Jesus and know how much God loves us. That's an important, important understanding at this time. I don't know what you're going through, but I would imagine that, and I know that there are some that are really suffering, that are struggling from sickness and from different things that come. <laughs> We're going to pray for them, and I'm going to pray for you. Because what the love song contains is healing. Some of you need to be healed in your heart. Some of you need to be healed from some past things that have gone on. Some of you need to be healed from just what's going on right now. So, Father, we pray, and I lift up every one of these very precious people here. And, God, we lift them up to you, and we pray that your healing love song would move into every single heart and every single soul. That you would breathe on us in the most powerful way. That you would move, God, and let people know how much you love them, how much you care for them. And Father, we are so grateful that Jesus Christ came. Because he came, he lived, he grew, and he died. And rose again so that we can be free from our sin. That so easily grabs a hold of us. So we remember this night... <laughs> And we declare the goodness of God this night in our life. In the name of Jesus. As a prayer now, I want us all to just sing to God silently.
Silent Night is about making sure that you're listening to the right things. 
that you're pushing away the fear. And I just want to speak a word that God put in my heart for you. Peace. And that peace needs to be louder than that fear that you have, that anxiety that you have, that regret that you have, that worry that you have, or the anxious thoughts that so easily consume us. Let's move in God's peace. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Why don't you do something and turn and greet someone around you? You know, it's Merry Christmas. You can say Merry Christmas. You can smile at them. You can be nice. You can give them a present. Whatever. It doesn't look like that. Switch candles. It's all good. <laughs> Let's greet one another. We're so glad you're watching online. All of you that are there, you're important, and we're glad that you are a part of this service this morning, or this evening, sorry, tonight. We're glad you're here. We want you to stay tuned into everything that's going on and everything that God is going to do in your life. Amen? Amen. Well, thank you for coming to be a part of everything that God has laid on in our hearts to share with you. And it really is a family sharing. This is a time we gather together and we just retune ourselves, refocus our time and our thoughts on what Christ and Christmas is all about. So we're glad you're here. Uh, we want you to know that you're always welcome uh, at I I every service, 1030 every Sunday. Watch us online. You could be here. We encourage you to be a part of everything that God is doing in this family. So we want you to know you're welcome. There is an opportunity. This is really your last opportunity, at least uh, in a service, to give. We want to encourage you, all of you, to, to make sure your heart's right. Make sure that your priorities and your finances are in God's hands. And you just got to trust God with that. You know, it's some hard. You see the bills and you see the spending you've just done for Christmas and everything that's coming up. And, and, and it's easy to get anxious about that. But trust God with your finances. Trust God. Believe what he can do. And you'll be amazed to see all the wonderful things. So if you want to give, there's, it's easy. We, you can give online. You can go to our website. You can uh, give by Zelle. You can, it's, it's all there. And uh, I don't need to belabor that except to say that we appreciate everyone that has given, that's faithfully supported everything that we've done and uh, and I believe going to do. I am excited about 23. I, I'm telling you there's something in my spirit, in my heart, not just for us as a church, but for us as families, for you and everything that God's going to do in 23. You know, the world might be saying recession and interest rates high and all those things, but God always has a different plan. So you can trust God with that. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for their generosity, their support. And God, I pray that you would abundantly bless them in every way. God, pour into their lives, God. Let this, this time of giving be a, a time that just overflows in everything that they do and every way that they give to their family and people around them in need, God. I pray that you would bless them. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate that everything that God is doing. You know, I, I am, I'm excited about tonight. I'm uh, excited about the, the word that God has is, is given me and uh, put into my heart and everything that God is going to do. It, it's going to be amazing. Um, you know, it, it, sometimes it's confusing to understand and to get Christmas right. <laughs> you know, you got to work really hard, don't you? You got to make sure you, you tr try to get all the right presents and all the right gifts. Is, is that, is that a, an issue with you? It is with me and, and, and uh, Lisa. We, we want to we make sure we get each gift. And then, and then you, you run into children or people or friends that have, you know, everything that you, they seem to need. And, and so we're trying to say, what do they need or, or what do they want or what can we do? This? So getting, getting the right gifts is difficult. Um, fixing the right food for the right family members. How many know what I'm talking about? And making sure all that's right and everything. And it, sometimes it's hard to get Christmas just right. And, and be, it's confusing to, to say, okay, how do I do this? How do I, how do I get Christmas right? There was a, a story that of a young girl. She was about 10, something like that. And she was a good student in Sunday school. She knew and studied her word and, and, and understood everything. But she was when it came to the Christmas story, she was confused. She was confused about, uh, and, and she asked a, a question to her teacher, and she said, um, uh, what, which, which virgin was the mother of Jesus? Which virgin, uh, virgin was the mother of Jesus? 
And uh, the teacher was like stunned, like, okay, how many can there be? <laughs> you know, this, this is not hard. And so she was trying to figure that out. She was trying to get, get to the answer when the, when the little girl asked again, is, is it the Virgin Mary or the King James Virgin? <laughs> Sometimes it's confusing. Come on, come on. That's where you laugh. Everyone smile. That's okay. Smile in church. Is that allowed? Yes, it is. The point is we're trying to get it right, and it's not always easy to get the uh, Christmas story right, to get how is it right. And, and, but see, Christmas is not about just the gifts, as we know. It's about what God has done in our heart. It's about what has come into our life. And it's not always easy to do that, especially when the winds of adversity or trouble or hardship or family or other things blows against us. And we're trying to be in the right attitude, trying to stand and do everything right. And all of a sudden, this goes wrong or that goes wrong. And all of a sudden, we're, we're overwhelmed with everything. I felt that way. Just yesterday, when I'm standing in about a half an inch of water in my garage as my brand new hot water tank shoots water out 20 feet across the garage. And I'm standing there thinking, and I just feel the anxiety. Maybe I'm the only one that's like that. But I just feel the anxiety just rising and, and rising inside of me, you know, because I'm thinking, okay, I know there's a process to, to repair it. And maybe in the scheme of things, according to what you're dealing with, that's not a big deal. <laughs> but right there at that moment, you see, it's, it's not about what we deal with. It's always about the level of anxiety and anxiousness that we have in regards to that, in regards to what we're dealing with. And so I just felt that anxiety growing inside of me because I'm thinking, wait a minute, it's almost Christmas. And we just replaced it a month ago. So how is this busted? How is this happening? <laughs> and there was a couple days we didn't have hot water, and now Christmas is coming up, and New Year's service, and everything, and Christmas dinner. And I'm just thinking, what if, and, and everyone's going to be off. No one's working. How do you get someone on the phone <laughs> at Christmas time to fix this? And so it, I just felt that, of course, God worked everything out. God is able to to do all these things if we just trust him. But the anxiety and the, the, the tension that we have works against us. That, those are the winds that blows against us. And whether it's a simple thing as a hot water heater at Christmas time, or it's a sickness, or it's a, a financial need, or it's a struggle in your heart, or it's that sin that keeps beating you down, that keeps destroying you, or the guilt, or the shame, whatever it is, those wind blows against us. What keeps us, as I was talking about earlier, keeps us growing stronger in the fire and not getting blown out. Jesus was teaching his disciples about how to love one another, how to care for each other, how to make sure that, that you don't cause others to stumble. And he gets to the end, and he has a, it's sort of like a, it's, it's a Jesus saying that only Jesus can say. And, and it, he's laid it out there. And, and if you don't understand the context, you're thinking, what is that all about? But this is what he says in Mark 9.49. He simply said this. He looked at everyone after all this teaching. He said, everyone will be salted with fire. Now, in this context, he talked about the goodness of salt. And so there's a positiveness to that as well as the fire is a positiveness with um, how do we grow stronger in the things of God? But we're all going to deal with the fire. We're all going to, our fire, your relationship with God is either growing stronger or it's getting blown around. Just like I talked about with the candle. We need to understand that. Uh, are you allowing God in the, the adversity? Is the, are the winds that are blowing against you, that are, trying to, that are trying to put you out, are they making your fire get stronger? Or you'd like a candle in the wind, <laughs> you know, where it's easy to get blown away. It's easy to get blown out. What are you doing? Are you really becoming stronger? And, and you might say, well, I want to become stronger, Greg. How do I do that? How do I have that fire in us? How do I stand against the raging wind? You saw the winds, you know, a couple of nights ago when I made that recording, blowing that fire. It made it stronger and stronger. But at first... I'm thinking I, I'm going to be out here all night because I don't know if I can get this fire going. But the winds actually cause the fire to become stronger. And I'm telling you the same is for you. The very adversity that you're thinking is going to destroy you, the very ad adversity or hostility or persecution or pain or sickness that is pushing against you, it could be the very thing that makes you stronger. How, do, how does that happen? How, how do we do that? Let me give you a, th a few thoughts from a Christmas story. The Christmas story. 
And the first thought is simply this. Keep the fire in the winds by tying yourself to God's word. In other words, make sure that you are tied to God's word. The angel came to Mary and said, Mary, you are going to have a baby, and it is, it is God that is going to overshadow you. <laughs> That's an amazing story, right? It's an amazing thing that, to, to say, how do you process that? <laughs> how, do you, how do you analyze that and, and look at that? It's an amazing story that you, you, you have, it, but, but working through that is really, really difficult. I want you to look at her response. In Luke 138, she simply said this, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. Now, we focus on may your word be fulfilled, and that is true. The word of God must be fulfilled. But I want to just stop and, and, and break some cultural rules because we don't talk about servant because of the horrible past we had here in America. We don't talk about slaves. We don't talk about that. But that word servant means bond slave. It means you are bound to something or to someone. And Mary said, I am tying myself. I am bound to that word, I, uh, to that word that you just gave me. I will be tied to that. You see, the Bible says that someone that hears God's word and then is like someone and then goes off and doesn't do it is like uh, someone that looks at the mirror, sees their face, turns around and immediately forgets who they are, forgets what they look like. And I think sometimes we see God's Word, and it reflects in us, and then we go out and we live like we can't remember who we are. <laughs> we can't remember what we're supposed to do or how we're supposed to live. And the Bible also says that a person like that is unstable in all of their ways, blown by the winds here and there. And if you're thinking, man, I got this instability problem here, and this is not good, and that's not good, and that's not good. And I just want you to step back and just say, what am I focused on? Do I remember who I am? Do I remember what God's doing in my life? Do I remember God's word? Romans puts it another way, but really good, 619. It says this, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves, same word, to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, that's what we did before we knew Christ. Now, I want, so now offer yourselves as slaves, same word again, to righteousness leading to holiness. In other words, we are to tie ourselves not to what the world is. And I think so often what I find in my own life is I'm tied to the world. I'm tied to this thought. I'm tied to this desire. I'm tied to this dream. I'm tied to these things that are all of the world, and they pull me this way. Instead of tying myself to the promises of God, tying myself to the truth of God, tying myself to what God wants to do in my life. And it's easy to do that. You see, Mary said that, but then she had to live it. <laughs> because, you see, in her, imagine this, okay? She goes, Mom, Dad, <laughs> I'm pregnant. <laughs> They said, well, what, what, what happened? God, God did it. God did it. <laughs> How do you think that went across? Not very well. She was most certainly an outcast. When, when, when Joseph went to Bethlehem, do you realize he didn't have to take Mary? He could have just registered, just paid his taxes. Why did Mary went? He was probably keeping her safe. She was probably under a death threat from her own family because of the pregnancy and, and the task that she bore. You see, we need to understand that don't be consumed by the winds of rejection. And the world will push against us. The world will say, you're not to live this, you're to respond this way, you're to respond that way. It's easy to do that. It's easy to feel those winds of rejection, those winds of persecution, or the winds of sexual or selfish. Well, you say, well, I identify as me, <laughs> me. In other words, what I want to do, how I want to act. And I'm not being unkind. I'm just telling you, we need to identify as Jesus Christ. We need to be bonded to him and, and held to him and to he, who he is. And that's the only way that we can live. Here's my second thought. Keep the fire in the winds of living an impossible dream. Are you living an impossible dream? Is that what's in your heart right now? Are you living this impossible dream that God has laid out for you? Or are you just going through the motions and just doing this is easy and this is easy, this is easy? 
And easy is good. I'm all for easy. (laughs) There's no problem with that. But at the same time, I understand when you're focused on living an impossible dream, it changes everything. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20, we see that it says that the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Well, that's pretty cool. God speaks to uh, us in a dream. You know, if you ever had a, a dream and you knew God was speaking, that's, that's really, really, really cool. But you got to sort of put it against, that's really cool. But Mary got an angel. <laughs> an actual angel appeared in front of Mary. That's a little cooler, okay? The dream, got it, you know. And, and Elizabeth, she, she felt the baby. The, John the Baptist, she felt the baby. It's, it's one thing when you see an angel and you feel a baby. The shepherds, they got God's choir. God sent his own personal choir. You know he had one, right? That's what it says in the Bible. God sent his own personal choir, and they sang to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest. We can't imagine. It's probably eight-part harmony. Can you do that? I don't know. No, not like that. We can't, but I think the angels probably could. They were singing. They had a choir. The, the, the Magi even had a star. Joseph? He got a dream. That was it. How did Joseph stand in the winds when all of a sudden it says, hey, I don't know if this is going to work out. See, I don't know if I should go that way. <laughs> you see, when the winds of doubt, when the winds of failure swirl around you, what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not strong enough? What if, what if I'm not, I can't do this right? What do you do? Matthew 1, verse 24 It says, when Joseph woke up from the dream, (laughs) he did what the angel of the Lord told him. Simple little verse. The most powerful thing you'll hear tonight was right there. He did. He did what the angel told him to do. You see, it's it's, it's one thing to to hear it. (laughs) It's another thing to actually do it. (laughs) When Joseph woke up, he he said, okay, I'm going to do and I live, how do you do an impossible dream? Okay, you're to raise the Messiah. You're to take care of the Messiah. You're, you're to make sure that the, the God, the Son of God himself is good. Okay, that's your job. Imagine how overwhelming that felt like. How did he do that? He woke up and just said, God, I'm going to trust you. And took one step. And trusted today. And trusted every day. And God guided him and says, okay, now you need to go down to Egypt. And he went down to Egypt. And then he says, okay, now you need to to go back up to uh, um, to Nazareth. And that's where they ended up. Each step, he just trusted. He didn't lay it all out and say, this is what's going to happen now. It's going to get there. He just trusted every single day. And that's how you overcome the wind of adversity that's coming against you. You get up and you say, God, I trust you for today. God, I believe you today. Somehow, somehow, I don't know, I can't see it, it seems impossible, but God, I'm going to trust you today. That's how you live an impossible dream. And you'll find yourself years down the road or months down the road, and you come back and you say, wow, how am I living this impossible dream? It's with my relationship with God, with my, in my marriage, in, in my job, in my finances. How is, this, how is this happening? How am I living this impossible dream? You just trust it every single day. And when you stop trusting one day, it's much harder to trust the next day and the next day until you end up where you're not trusting him at all. Here's my final thought. Keep the fire in the winds when they're blowing. Come on, how do we keep it? How do we get the fire growing stronger and not blowing me out? How do we get that? Keep the fire. Put that back up so we can see that, Michael, if you can. Keep the fire in the winds by accepting an overwhelming challenge. You have to accept it. You have to say, this is what I want to do. It's easy to just do the, the small things, the, the little things, the easy things. But when you're willing to step up and say, I'm going to do the overwhelming challenge. I, I, I'm going to do what seems like impossible. The shepherds, it says, were in their fields, their fields. This is what they do every day. They get up, sheep, uh, go to bed, sheep, uh, get up, sheep, uh, you see that? I can go on. I can, I can do this all day, okay? The point is, it was just their ordinary. This is what they did. And all of a sudden, that changed. And a challenge came before them. You are not just ordinary shepherds. This isn't going to be just an ordinary thing. Something amazing and dramatic is going to happen. In Luke chapter 2, verse 15 and 16, it says, When the angels had left, pause. The Old Testament says, Selah. 
I want you to focus on that. The angels are fun. The choir singing, cool. <laughs> wow, they're amazing. But then they go away. What's with that? Why don't you just sing, sing us right to the, the, you know, the, the little stable, you know, the cave that Jesus was in. Come on, let, we'll just follow you there. No, they went away. When the angels had left, the shepherd said, let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's do this. And they hurried off. I think there's so much power in that thought, in that verse. They hurried off. They said, we're going to do this. Uh, we don't know. It's just Bethlehem. That's all we know. <laughs> well, we're going to look. And they probably caused a ruckus. Shepherds weren't really socially acceptable in those days because they stunk. <laughs> because they were in the fields bah, every day bah, around sheep. And they sheep stink. Remember that next time you're mad at your pastor. But anyway, the point, the point is, oh, I don't know where that came from. That's not Christmas? Come on. But the point, the point is, the point is that they had to knock on some doors. They had to look around. I don't think there was like a whoo, choir pointing here, you know, a sign you're flashing, you know. There wasn't any of that. They had to find. It was impossible. But you see, the challenge was so much more than just finding Jesus. The challenge for you is to find Jesus. And he's right there. It's not a hard thing. If you're willing to say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, forgive me. He's always there. Immediately. That's who our God is. But the challenge was so much more because the, the incredible challenge was to not only do that, but to go and tell others. To go and, and tell others. Even when the winds of ridicule come. And this is a, a really strong wind. The winds of hesitation. Ah. Yeah, well, God, that's, uh, that's, that's a good point. Um, I'll think about that one. I'll get back with you next week, God. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look into that. I'll think about giving that then. I'll think about forgiving then. I'll think about being kind here. And all of a sudden, we put it aside, and that winds of hesitation, it feeds the anxious thoughts that you're dealing with. It feeds it. If there, it. It's like robbing the oxygen from the fire. I want my fire to grow without oxygen. It's not going to grow. <laughs> but the winds that you think, God, this is so hard. God, this is really difficult. Those winds are the very winds that make us stronger. <laughs> the very winds that, that all of a sudden change it in, in the midst of the, some of the most difficult pain. We say, God, I trust you. God, I believe in you. The winds of hesitation come, and all they're trying to do is not to get you to not do what God wants you to do. You just wait. Just hesitate and miss the timing that God wants to do in your heart. Because doing, responding immediately to when God says give or, or care or act or love or whatever, whatever doing it, it's, it's like wind that just blows across your spiritual growth and makes you stronger and stronger and stronger. It's the same thing as the very first temptation. The very first temptation, when Satan comes to Eve and said, eh, did God really say, wait, did God really say that? Did God really say that, it, that it's important that I do that now? Did God really say that? It's the same. It, nothing's changed. It's the same temptation, the same hesitation. And, it, and when we give into that, all of a sudden, the anxious thoughts and the anxiety, instead of standing in that garage, with water running around my feet, saying, okay, God. <laughs> and well, one thing, the, actually, the, the second thought in my head was, okay, Greg, never teach on adversity at Christmas Eve. Because <laughs> God, see, God puts the sermon not just on notes for me. He puts it in my heart. And so I'm sitting there living it thinking, man, I've got to remember not to do that anymore. But then I thought, oh, wait a minute. Maybe God wants to do something. Maybe God, and then, man, it was there. In the, in, in, the most, in the most unbelievable time, and people on the phone that are, have to give me a, so I can return the old one and give me a new one, they were like gracious and kind and said, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> Once the last you talked to someone on, on, on the phone, and they did that. <laughs> it, was just, it was amazing. Everything just right there. It took time. It took effort. It wasn't easy. But God was there. What's your anxious thought? What's your trouble? What are the winds that you're saying, God, this is too hard? He's right there. 
He's right there. Jesus taught over and over. He said, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Trust me. Trust me. And he said this. He said, seek me first. Because I know that you need all these things. The Father knows that you need these things. So next time you're anxious, I want you to hear that. And just even say it out loud in your heart. Say, God knows I need that. God knows I need that healing. God knows I need that financial miracle. God knows I need that physical healing. God knows I need it. I'm going to trust him. And watch and see what God does. You see, the shepherd's fire grew because they accepted the challenge. And they went and told They went out everywhere, stinky old shepherds that weren't accepted anywhere, didn't care, didn't bother them. They just started knocking on doors and saying, hey, do do you know a Savior has been born? Do you know Jesus is the answer? Do you know? Do you know? And that's my question for you here right now. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, by your precious Holy Spirit, just breathe on every one of us. And God, I pray that you would just move in our hearts. I pray that you would touch each and every person. I pray, God, that your spirit would move over the anxious worry and doubt and fret and fear of any believer that's sitting here thinking, God, what am I going to do? How is this going to change? God, I pray that we trust you and believe that those very winds will be the very things that makes us stronger in you. And God, I pray for anyone and for everyone in this room or at the sound of my voice who does not know you, who has not found you, that this day, without hesitation, they find you. With every head bowed, I want to pray for you. I wouldn't embarrass you for the world. But I just want you to know that you're right with God. And I want to pray for anyone in this room that says, Greg, I'm not right. Maybe you gave your heart to the Lord a long time ago, but you know you're not living for God. Or maybe you've never really given your life to Christ. I just want to include you in my closing prayer. And if that's you, if you're saying, Greg, just include me in that closing prayer, because I want to find Jesus tonight, maybe for the first time, maybe as a renewal of that love that's in me, pray with me. With every head bowed, I just want you to just put up your hand and say, Greg, that's me. Include me in that prayer, and we're going to pray. For anyone and everyone that's like that, just put up your hand and let me see who is going to be included in this prayer and say, Greg, that's me. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. See that? Anyone else? Anyone else? Father, in the name of Jesus, we're all your children. And God, I pray right now that you would just touch every single person and let them know, God, that that simple act of faith, that simple hand will change their whole world as a renewal, as a dedication, as a commitment. Father, move in their life and forgive them. And I want everyone to pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Take all my sins away. I surrender to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God is good, and it's just that simple. God is powerful. God doesn't, you might have a really emotional moment right now, or you might be thinking, okay, you know, what was that all about? But that act of faith will change your life. That act of faith will change everything about you. Amen? Amen. Amen. God is good. Jared, why don't you come on up? We're going to have the celebration of our... Working with the candles. So it's a very special uh, candlelight service because I want you to remember as you're looking at that fire, God, make the fire stronger. Was that sermon not amazing? Can we give Pastor Greg a hand and we can lower the lights? Trying to light this with three hands. You know, I love the the symbolism in this. I'm reminded recently I got to talk to a, a friend about my faith and my hope in Jesus, and we just talked into the night. And it's so easy to make it so complicated. It just kept going back to, well, maybe if I searched hard enough here, and I searched hard enough there, and what about this, and what about that? And it kept just coming back to it just all being about Jesus. Jesus. 
and placing your hope in him, I'm reminded what Paul said. He said that when I came to you, I sought to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Just the simple message of for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the little light that we hold. And I remember as we talked for hours on end, I felt it the next morning, it just kept coming back to, it really is that simple. It's just about knowing Jesus and knowing him more each day. You don't have to think or seek in all these different places except just in his word. And when we go out as Christians, as the church, this is just the light that we hold. And we go out and we give this life to others and we spread it to others. And then on Sunday we come back to build each other up, to give each other hope. So that if our light dim, if our light starts to go out, we can go and we can spread it to each other. We can give each other hope. We can give each other light. And this candlelight service is just a very simple representation of that. That we give each other light and we give each other hope and we are there for each other. We are there as family for the Bible says that we as the church are just family. We're to love each other with the same love that we would have for our own children, with the same love that we would have for our old spouses. And we just build them up in hope and we build each other up in life. And then we go out and then we come back in and then we go out. And this is the church. So I'm going to go and light Someone could come up and light this light, and then we're just going to light each other's lights. There's a long wick on that one, but if it goes out, we'll light it again, and we'll light it again. And anytime we mess up, anytime we screw up, anytime our little light goes out, we'll come back to each other, and we'll know that we will not condemn each other. We will not go and say, oh, how dare you? How dare you mess up? We will say that No matter what, I will love you. I will give you encouragement. I will light it again and fan the flames of hope in your heart because I am here for the single purpose to spread love to you. So as we go and we light each other's lights, let's just worship God this morning. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. it cost to see my sin 
upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. You know, the Bible says that a brother and a sister were given four times of adversity. And that's what this symbolizes, that we're here for each other, that we are here for our time of adversity. When things are the hardest, that's when we gather together and give each other hope and give each other love so that even if you're having a real hard time holding your little candle, maybe your hands aren't just quite steady enough, that we can just give each other hope and that we can just give each other love. So let me pray with you this morning, Lord, I pray that you would give us that peace, that peace that you give to all on whom your favor rests. And I pray that peace would be in us each and every day this week. Things might be hard. We might be going in our own time of adversity. But I pray that you would fill us with your hope and that you would remind us that even in the highest mountains, even in the lowest valleys, you are there. You are there with us when things are going great, and you are there with us when everything is crashing around. And all we have to say is the cry of Job, that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And I pray that you would remind us of that this week in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we go today, you can blow out your candle and we'll collect it in the back. And let's go spread that light to go tell it on a mountain as we go and sing out in praise this morning. You are dismissed.